Welcome to EMGR Chat with Kurt and Michelle. I'm Dr. Curtis Roundson. And I'm Dr. Michelle Gottlieb. And we're so glad you guys are hanging out with us today. You know, when we started this podcast and we were talking about what we were going to be talking about, we talked about um, helping people either who are already EMDR trained or wanting to be EMDR trained. Today is a wanting to be EMDR trained. And one of the questions that we often get asked is, how do you know if it's a good training or not? How do I, there's a lot of trainers out there. There's a lot of training companies out there. How do I know who I should choose? Kurt, what are your thoughts about that? Well, that's a good question, Michelle, because as you said, uh, there are a lot of trainings out there uh, and they all have positive things to say and they do it in different ways. And I think first I want to really talk about why we need to think about what kind of training we're getting. And uh, so I want to spend some time talking about that. Is that okay? Well, okay. Everyone needs to know this first before I let Kurt go, is that Kurt always, number one, always has a story, and number two, knows the history of EMDR therapy and how we got to be where we are. So let's hear the history of it. I love this. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, uh, Francine Shapiro, you know, the founder and developer of EMDR therapy, uh, did, did her walk in the park, and then she began to develop different uh, ways of utilizing it, what we call the methodology of EMDR. And so in the early 90s, Francine pretty much was the oracle, the standard of what EMDR therapy was. It was still evolving. It was still developing. And Francine was the one who had the idea, and she was the one that basically determine what was good EMDR and what may not have been good EMDR therapy. Since that time, 30-some years later, there have been dozens and dozens of adaptations of her standard protocol. And these adaptations, many of them are absolutely fine. They're based upon the type of population you're dealing with, the type of problems we're dealing with, whether it's trauma that happened 20 years ago or two minutes ago. And so adaptations have been made. But Francine herself knew in the early 90s that she herself could not continue to be the oracle or standard. And so in the early 1990s, I got a call, and I'm sure there are a few others that got a call from Francine Shapiro. And having thought about it, her vision was that at some point she wanted to see and encourage the development of an independent, professional organization, an organization that would be saddled with the responsibility of developing the standards for training, basic training in EMDR, and later what turned into certification and approved consultancy in EMDR. And today, EMDR National Association is working on developing standards for those who train EMDR therapy. And so, in the late 90s, the first Standards and Training Committee was developed and began assessing the scientific evidence and what really was the standard for EMDR protocol. And that's where EMDR International Association comes along. 
Since then, EMDR National Association has grown in number and strength and is taking on the responsibility of helping develop those standards for trainees. And unfortunately, Francine passed in 2019, and yet the vision she had in the early 90s still holds true. She's passed the legacy on to an independent professional organization called the EMDR National Association. So let me say a little bit about that, a little bit more about that, in that, again, as in EMDR world, as people are continuing to grow and, and learn and, and do things, um, one of the things I so appreciate about EMDRIA is, it, in continuing on Francine's legacy, is it's always research-based, that any adaptation, anything we do, the protocol is research-based. And so be aware that there are other organizations that are even saying that they're um, uh, certifying trainings. But really, again, you want to check if they're doing that research-based protocol that, you know, we've been doing now for over 30 years. It's really important that you find that out. Yeah, I agree so much with that. And I guess that comes back to the bottom line is that's one of the reasons uh, when you choose a trainee that we always tell people to choose one that has EMDR International Association stamp of approval. That means those trainings have met, met those minimal standards of training. And again, just so everyone knows, an EMDRIA-approved basic training has, at minimum, 20 hours of lecture didactic, 20 hours of practicum, and 10 hours of consultation. Okay, that's the minimum requirements. Now, there are companies like ours, EMDR Professional Training, that actually offers more than that. We have actually 57 hours. So that's another question to ask as you're looking at different trainings. What all does this particular training offer? Does it include more than the minimum? Like ours has extra uh, information about complex PTSD and dissociation, for example. Um, so what what all do they, do they offer? Is it the bare minimum or is there something extra? Yes. Another thing you want to look at is um, how it's divided up. Uh, you're going to see uh, trainings that are intensive over five to seven days. Uh, there are trainings in universities that uh, go over a semester. Uh, many of the trainings around are, are two-part trainings, often on weekends. And one of the things, we do a three-part training, and we stagger the trainings about a month or so apart. In part, we do that because we really want the participants to have an opportunity to practice EMDR with their caseload and then bring it back and have consultation with an expert EMDR therapist about how they've executed the work, how they've assessed the work, and what to do next step. Because the consultation hours, as Michelle says, are not included in many trainings. There are many who do, such as we, but there are others that do not, and you have to pay extra for those consultation hours. That's something I always want you to ask about the training you're taking. There's two things I want to say about that. First, EMDR therapy is a very complex therapy. It's not one of those that you can just read from a book or just... Uh, just hear the lecture. You got to practice. You got to practice. You got to practice. But consultation, I don't know about you guys, but for me, 
it's really annoying if I show up at a training and I'm all set to go and they say, oh, by the way, we forgot to tell you there is additional money and or time that you have to do that's not included in all the money you just paid. So ask the questions. Is consultation included? Do you need to pay extra for it? Do, do you need to schedule the time after or in between? Um, ask the questions. Be, just be good consumers. And also the consultation is so important that uh, one of the things we found, my own experience by uh, utilizing the consultation as part of the training, it increases the participant's confidence, their success rate with EMDR therapy, and increases their desire to continue being educated in EMDR therapy. Other forms of consultation will do that, but my own experience has been seeing the interest of the participants leaving dedicated now to put to work what they've learned. One of the things that we've seen, and not just us, this is something that trainers talk about, Emdria talks about this, there are people who spend a ton of money because it's not cheap to get trained in EMDR therapy. I don't care what company you work with. It's not cheap. And you put all of this money into this, all this time into this. And sometimes what happens, especially if there's not support, that people don't continue to do EMDR therapy. And you've put all this time, all this money, and then you're not using it. And that that's a waste. Well, it's also the frustration on the part of participants if they leave right? and they haven't connected with someone who can be their consultant and they have a difficult case because, as Michelle said, EMDR therapy is not just finger wagging. That's often the misconception people have when they come into a training. They believe that EMDR therapy is just moving the fingers back and forth with the eyes and, and that shouldn't take long to know how to do that. Well, there's eight phases and that reprocessing phase is in phase four. So there's a whole lot of stuff that the clinician needs to learn and understand to effectively and efficiently do EMDR therapy. So here's another thing that people um, are often wondering about, and I really suggest that they, again, ask questions. Do, you, do your own due diligence. Ask colleagues who are trained. Who trained them? Did they like it? Did they not like it? What did they like? Right? These are all... <laughs> These are all the things that we ask about and want to know about. You want to know that your actual trainer is first, obviously, very experienced in EMDR therapy and very experienced in training and that they're a good trainer. It takes a lot of hours as you sit in these trainings and you do not want to be with someone who's boring. You don't want to be with someone who may, be, may not be kind. You want a place where you feel safe to make mistakes and you can get some really good information. Yes, one of the things that we try to do is in our own trainings and other trainings also do this, they go out of the way to do this, and I encourage you to think about that, is creating that safe place. Because as I tell all our participants, one of the most difficult groups to train are mental health professionals because they were, went to graduate school and it's very difficult for them to let down their facade of competency and know they don't know something. And EMDR therapy requires you to be willing to make mistakes, to do those things that are just beyond your scope that you're not used to, you're awkward at. And your facilitators, they're like coaches in these trainings, come alongside you and they coach you into how to do it better. And being willing to do that in an environment that allows that kind of uh, mistake making 
is very, very important for the learning of EMDR therapy. And as you continue to evaluate all these different companies, the other question that I really encourage all of you to ask is how big are those consultation groups? How big are those practicum groups? Andrea says we can have maximum 10 people. And that's fine. And I've been in groups of 10 people and that can work. But I see if, the, again, as you're looking as to what's included, right? We talked about consultation. Ask if you have to pay extra for the manuals. Ask um, if texts are included. Just ask the question so that you know. And one, yes. go ahead, Kurt. Was there something else you want to say about that? No, I just agree. And that's a very important point, Michelle. I love when Kurt agrees with me. It just gives me the warm fuzzies. Okay. <laughs> the other thing, you know, I, I talk to a lot of people every day as they're trying to figure out what basic training is and which company they want to go to. So the, this podcast came out of those conversations. One of the really common errors, and this is probably a semantics thing more than anything else, is people call me up and say, I want to get certified, which is great, but basic training is not certification. In EMDR, in the way EMDRIA has it set up, first you complete basic training per EMDRIA's regulations, you know, the 20 hours of didactic, 20 hours of practicum, 10 hours of consultation. First you complete that. And after that, the next step, if you choose to do it, it's not required, but we encourage it, is certification. Certification is after basic training, not part of it. Two different things. Why it's important to be certified, that might be something I want to address now, is that to be certified means you're going through more consultation. You're having more expert EMDR therapists talk with you and consult with you about cases, problem solves, troubleshoot, perhaps give you insights based upon their experience that you may not have as a participant because EMDR therapy is a whole new paradigm or, or model of doing psychotherapy. And yes, you heard the word psychotherapy. EMDR therapy is a psychotherapy. It's just not a technique. It's not just a tool. We have those that we teach in EMDR therapy trainings, but EMDR therapy itself is a psychotherapy. And so it's a lot more complex, a lot more involved than most people understand. So when you see a training that says 50 hours and you go, holy cow, I could get that for eight hours here or there. Understand that uh, you're going to get it, but it's much more involved than just an eight hour or anything less than the 50 hours that Andrea advises. It, it, I, I'm going to laugh a little bit because um, when I hear people who've gone to an eight hour EMDR training, well, actually, I don't laugh. I get scared because it, it really is scary. Um, and the other thing um, that I tell my students in, when they're finishing their master's degree, right? Y'all have been there. You've done all of this work to get your master's. You're finally done. Yay, I'm an expert. I'm a therapist. No, we all know now that we're just starting in the process of learning of how to be a therapist and the skill set and all that's involved. Um, same thing with the MDR therapy. You've done 50 hours. Oh, my Lord, 50 hours. And in a lot of ways, you're just starting with that whole skill set of understanding how to do MDR therapy, uh, how to work with your clients, which is why certification, again, is such an important piece after you finish basic training. So you've got someone holding your hand a little bit as you go through. 
Yes. The community. Is there a community that you can tap into after you've been trained? Does the training program itself have community? There's always the EMDR National Association that you can utilize. But are there a group of people that can come around you and continue that safe, supportive environment so you can continue to learn? I know Michelle and I have spoken. We've had dozens and dozens of patients that come into our office. And uh, we begin to talk to them about EMDR therapy. We thought it would be appropriate. And they say, oh, I had that. It doesn't work. <laughs> and I always learn now to ask the question, well, what did you do in your EMDR sessions? And I listen very clearly because 99 times out of 100, what's being articulated by the patient of their previous EMDR therapy is not EMDR therapy. They're not following the standard science-based protocol. They're, they're doing what feels good to the therapist, perhaps, not what's best for the patient. And so I'll actually ask them to do ex an experiment. How about we do a session, let me do it with you, and we'll compare the results of not only how it was done, but how you feel at the end of the session. And that's usually a very powerful learning experience for many of the patients who have been told they had EMDR therapy, but upon closer scrutiny, they realized that it was probably not exactly and that is standard and, protocol. And this is where we're the last couple of minutes of our podcast, but that is exactly why we wanted to spend time talking about how do you choose a good EMDR training so that when you are working with your clients, they say, this was the most moving, healing, life-changing experience they've had. So we are about out of time. Kurt, is there anything last minute you want to say before we start closing up? Well, other than just thanking everyone for taking time to listen to us chat and being part of this uh, podcast. Absolutely. Seriously, thank you, everybody. If you have topics that you want us to talk about um, as either, again, experienced DMDR clinicians or wanting to um, become trained, uh, whether it's working with a particular diagnosis or type of client or subject or whatever, let us know. You can email us at info at emdrprofessionaltraining.com, I-N-F-O at emdrprofessionaltraining.com. Um, we will continue to do podcasts uh, about once a month. So please join us. If you want uh, information more about our company, EMDR Professional Training, you can go to emdrprofessionaltraining.com. But thank you all very much. So excited you're here thank with you. us. Thank you. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye.